Welcome to the Factory of Sadness. My name is Max Steiger, and I'm very excited to be back for another week of the greatest podcast on earth and joined, as always, by my co-host, Josh Shankman. Wow, Max, you have self-titled us the greatest podcast on earth. That is high praise. That is high praise. It's coming from a really, truly unbiased source as well, so that's how you know that it's true. Oh, I'm sure, Max. I, you have never, ever been biased once in our long-standing friendship, so I have no doubts that that is very well true. But, Max, how have you been? It's been two weeks. Why don't you tell the listeners what's up, and then let me know how you're doing. It has been two weeks. We had to take our first week off of recording this podcast because I was quite sick last week. I could not talk without feeling immense pain in my throat, but I'm back stronger, healthier than ever. That's not exactly true because I'm still a little sick, but that's okay. But we are doing great. I can talk now and that's all that matters. How have you been, Josh? Great. Max, I am good. Uh, I am right in the midst of final season because we go a little bit later than you since we started a little bit later than you. So I had just finished writing the first five pages of my philosophy essay, uh, which is why I was a few minutes late to our call. Um, but no, I'm good. I'm finishing this essay, and then I have two more finals to go through, so it is all good. Max, two weeks, and we're back together recording in-person podcasts. Are you pumped or what? I am so excited. It is really not the same over FaceTime. There's a little bit of a delay. We'll finally be able to bounce off of each other like we were at the start of the podcast. For the first It'll be how it should week. be. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but we got this whole summer together to record in-person very very exciting times ahead exactly max i can't wait i am stoked for this semester to be over i'm tired of my classes i'm just ready to be home in the fun and sun in cleveland ohio and it is time to rumble but max let's not leave our listeners hanging any longer what is on the plate for today let's start out uh just with our reactions from the past couple of weeks last week was a terrible week to miss as we missed the really just hype around the draft, but we'll still go into that. And then we got some Believe the Hype or Psych and Factor Crap coming late in the episode. Josh, we got a good one this week. Let's get into it. For sure. Today is the official start, or I guess yesterday, of the last week of the NBA regular season. Let's go. After next Sunday, we will be in the playoff games, the play-in games for the playoffs, and there are some exciting matchups that could be happening when we explained it, uh, I didn't realize that it's the 7th seed that plays the 8th seed and the 9th seed that plays the 10th seed. I also didn't actually realize that, but uh, it's pretty exciting, although I think that's a little weird. Am I, am I the only one? It's so that it's easier with the 1st uh, seed and the 2nd seed, so that it's not so complicated where the 1st seed could either play the 7th or the 10th seed. The second seed could either play the eighth or the ninth. Instead, the first seed will be playing the ninth or the tenth, and the second seed will be p- playing the seventh or the eighth. Okay, but what's the difference? <laughs> cool. What? I don't. I don't understand. It's just a different way of doing it, I guess. It, it does seem a little interesting, though, that there will be one team out of the ninth and tenth seeds that makes it. And the 7th and 8th seed, which in a normal year would be making it automatically, one of them isn't going to be making it. Yeah, it's it's very strange, Max. But it is exciting, and so it'll be fun to watch. And Max, I believe the first playoff game, play-in game is the 18th, so a week from today when we're recording, which will be perfect for next week when Max and I get to do our playoff predictions for the NBA, because I'm excited to tell you guys what is going to happen, because I know I'm going to be 100% correct. Yeah, especially in the NBA, which is so predictable, and there is never any sort of upset. Josh, last week, uh, there were a lot of analysts talking about which championship was harder to achieve, the NFL championship or the NBA championship. And they were talking about how the NBA championship is one of the few sports that accurately portrays the best team because they have to win in a seven-game series. And I thought that was a very interesting point. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. It's, It's, you know... In basketball and baseball, both, you play series, whereas in the NFL, you play one game. So if we're talking what is it easier to win, I think it depends if you're an underdog or the favorite. Because if you're the favorite over a seven-game series, if you're better, you should prevail, right? 
But if you're an underdog trying to pull off an upset over a gargantuan, right, that one game can be huge. In the playoffs in the NFL, anything can happen. Cinderella stories can happen because on any given Sunday, one team can win, right? But in the NBA, it's over seven games. How many, peop- how many teams are going to be able to stop LeBron James fully healthy over seven games? Right? right. That's why that's he's why... been to 10 in a row or why he went exactly. to 10 in a row. So yep. it just it depends on your perspective if you're answering that question. But it's really interesting to see the difference uh, when it comes to series versus just games. Some more exciting happenings in the past couple of days. Russell Westbrook officially passed Oscar Robinson, Robertson sorry, with the most triple doubles in his career. He now has 182, and chances are good he could break 200. He has a lot more in his career left to go. Max, he is unbelievable. And can we take a moment just to appreciate how awesome he is? He always gives his everything on the court. He clearly has fun playing the game, wants to do his best, and is always trying his hardest, even if he's stubborn and doesn't really mend his game to those around him. But honestly, Max, I just have never understood the Westbrook hate. It never made sense to me. And I feel like he's one of the more hated players in the league for no reason at all. I wouldn't say he's hated. I would say that he's underrated heavily. And that but can I'm not turn talking, into hate. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I'm not talking about rating in terms of how good or bad they are. I just mean in terms of public perception. I feel like a lot of people are not Westbrook fans. And that's crazy yeah. to me. Why wouldn't you be? My only ex- possible explanation for that is he hasn't had success. He's been able to put up all these crazy statistics with the triple doubles and everything, but he's never really been on a successful team. Not since KD left. Yep. And even so, he never won a championship with him. Yeah, but they made it to the finals. They made it to the finals, right. Josh, I have an interesting question for you. Do you think that triple doubles are overrated in today's NBA? Oh, totally. If you think about when we were younger and how crazy a triple double was, and now it's happening left and right. Yeah, no, totally. At this point, it's not nearly as impressive to me. I think it's very easy. Well, I shouldn't say that. You're still in the NBA. You've got to do a lot. But to me, rebounding has always been a very overrated statistic. If the ball happens to come near you, you should be able to grab the ball. If we're talking about like contested rebounds, that makes sense to me. But there, I don't know if there's a statistic to differentiate it. I mean, I think a lot of why Westbrook gets hate is he'll take boards from his own teammates every so often. Right? Because it's not impressive. It's just like, all right, my ball. Okay? So what? To me, it's always been assists and points that matter a lot more. Yeah, and the amazing thing about Westbrook is he's been dropping 20 assists it's in the past few games. Did you see his stat about like what his stat line was the month of April or May? It not was May. what? May, uh, 20 points, 15 rebounds, 16 assists. I think it was like 23, 16, and 16. Yeah, I can check it out for you, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was, Max. And that's just unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Very big congratulations to Westbrook. You and I both like him a lot, so I'm glad to see that he's having success and that the Wizards have a chance to be in the playoffs. I would really, Super we've been talking weird. about this a lot, Yeah, that we want Beal and Westbrook the chance to make it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've got a good buddy here who is a huge Wizards fan, so he is loving it, especially because they're two and a half games up, right? With only, what, five games left to play at this point? Three games. Right. Yeah, they've got a great chance. Oh, three games left to play for a lot of teams. Wow. It is about to get exciting, Max, and I cannot wait. On the flip side, while the Wizards are ascending, there's one significant team that is dropping and just got some really bad news, Max, and that is the Boston Celtics with Jalen Brown out for the rest of the year, Max. That is a huge loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They should be able to keep their spot in the playoffs, but once they get into it, what are they going to be able to do without their second star? Yeah, I mean, they can't. I mean, they're up six games on the 11th seed it's not possible for them to like i believe they've clinched it although i don't know if it's given it to them yet they are not going to be successful unless they pull off something crazy like when Kyrie went out and you know tatum and brown took it over but they don't have those kinds of young high caliber kind of players now to take over now that jalen brown's out so that's just a devastating loss for the boston i think at this point now they're just completely irrelevant 
Yeah, I agree. And they're playing the Hornets, who have been a really, really good, or theoretically, they'd be playing the Hornets. Right. Uh, and LaMelo Ball playing in the playoffs. Gordon Hayward's been good. So, Scary Terry going <laughs> scary back against Terry, his old team. My God. Ah, dude. Scary Terry's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think they're they're in trouble. Maybe they win a playoff game or a play-in game, but you know, then they're playing the Nets if they win there. So it's like, right. All right. So see you later, Tatum. Um, yeah. But yeah, Max, I want to stick in the East for a, a question I, or for a second. I have a I have a question or two for you, Max. Are you a believer in the Sixers this year when it comes to playoff basketball? They're an extremely talented team. They have one of the best winning percentages in the league, but I can just not convince myself that they're a legitimate title threat. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. They've been so upsetting the past five years, whatever, however many years it's been in the playoffs. If they can't do that this year, they're not going to be able to do it ever. Uh, They've got, a, in my opinion, a much better coach now in Doc Rivers, but (laughs) he's not really known for his playoff success in the recent years. He was great with the Celtics, obviously, but... The Clippers did not have as much success in the playoffs as they should have. So right. I, I think they'll be able to. I'm holding it out for them. I'd rather, much rather see them in the championship than the Nets. Hell yeah. I'm, dude, this but, year, if it's, not, if it's not the Heat, or let, let me rephrase. If I have to pick one of the big three to root for, it's easily the Bucks for me. Yeah, I mean, they've been so steady this year. And they're only one game out behind the Nets, so they could even clinch that second seed because the Nets have not looked good with their unhealthy team right now. Yep. Well, Max, that is, in fact, the next thing I was going to bring up. The two favorites for the title entering this season were the Nets and the Lakers, and both of them are having significant health issues that almost make it feel like this is going to be the most open NBA playoffs in years. Yeah, I mean... If you think about it in terms of the start, but well, you got the Jazz and the Suns and the Clippers who have been incredible, they should be able to lock it up between the three of them. And the 76ers and the Bucks have looked unstoppable as well. The 76ers have really only lost to the Bucks significant amount of times, and the Bucks have been just the normal dominant Bucks. Yeah. I expect the Knicks and the Hawks and the Heat to put up a fight, but no, I, I think it'll stay within the top three in both conferences. I don't know about the West. Excuse me. Whoa, big yawn. But, dude, the the East is interesting. It almost feels like it's two completely separate halves, although it's really exciting. I think these the Knicks, the Hawks, and the Heat are all super exciting teams. Yeah, they are. They're definitely exciting. And look to see how the Nuggets and the Jazz matchup was last year with something between the Knicks and the Hawks or the Heat and the Hawks, or the Heat and the Knicks, whatever combination ends up being, those should be seven-game series. Yeah, I mean, it just is... I'm really excited, because the Hawks, the Heat, and the Knicks... The Knicks and the Hawks are much younger teams, other than Julius Randle, who props to him as having a career year, um, and has been absolutely amazing. Um, The Heat are a little older, really just Jimmy Butler and Bam as their leaders, and I think they have a shot to take a kind of run like last year, but I think it's it's very, very low likelihood. So I would agree. The West, on the other hand, Max, though, I think, obviously, if we're talking about the Lakers not being healthy, they're irrelevant if LeBron James is not healthy, in my opinion. <clears throat> but the Trailblazers, dude, I don't want people to forget how good these guys can be. Yeah, and... They always find a way to make the whole NBA scared during the playoffs, especially. And if they've been this good in the regular season, imagine how good they're going to be in the playoffs. Dame and CJ, now that he's healthy, have been as good of a duo as they always have been, dropping insane scores, 140 versus the Rockets, 141 versus the Cavs. I mean, they're scoring over 120 points, and I would say probably seven or eight out of the last 10 games. And that's incredible. And a lot of games, yeah. that is enough points to win. And and especially on top of that, Norman Powell and Nurkic are fully capable of putting over 20 points up a game. And they have some really good defensive pieces in uh, Covington and Derek Jones. It's just as, you know, can they tie it all together, especially defensively. But I think they're, 
they're the sleeper pick to me in the West. Yeah, I'm very excited for the West, specifically if it stays the standings stay how they are right now. We will get a Lakers Warriors play in matchup, and that is insane. Wild. LeBron versus Steph Curry, not in the finals. That would be quite the matchup to watch. Exactly. I'm just hoping LeBron can dunk it on Curry enough times to be like, dude, stop playing against me and come on, come over to LA. <laughs> yep. Hopefully, LeBron and AD are healthy enough to show that the Lakers really do have a chance to make a run, but I don't know. They have just looked so bad. Yeah, although AD came back. Put up, what, 42 last night? So if yep. he, he looks like he's getting back to being the AD we saw last year, it's all going to be dependent, in my opinion, on whether LeBron James is healthy. Could not agree more. Josh, do you have anything else in the NBA you would like to discuss? That is it for me, Max. With that, let's go over to the NFL. We are now two weeks removed from the draft, but before we get into the draft, because that's probably going to be a significant amount of time. Oh, yeah. Josh, a big signing just occurred down in Florida. Oh, in goodness. Duval. Oh, goodness. Tebow time in Jacksonville, Florida. I thought I was free, Oof. dude. I thought I was free, and here he comes sneaking his way back into our lives. Tim Tebow has been signed as a tight end. Theoretically, as a Taysom Hill position, because there's no way he's big enough to block. I was gonna say he can't a be a full. End. He can't be a full tight end. He makes more sense as a wide receiver than a tight end. Right. So, people are questioning it. Uh, he played for Urban Meyer in college, obviously at the University of Florida. A lot of people are saying that it's just a locker room helper. There's no it's, way he gets significant no, time outside of the preseason. No. It's gonna be. It's gonna be that is a locker room presence. He's going to be there for training camp, and if maybe somehow on the tiny .0001% chance that he you know, shows out, maybe he'll get a few reps in preseason, and if he looks even better, maybe he'll get a few reps in the regular season. But I give it about a minuscule to times three chance that he gets any significant playing time. Yep. And while he wasn't signed as a quarterback, you can't help but wonder... How is Tim Tebow getting signed, but Colin Kaepernick is still not on an NFL roster? Just continuously disappointing and shows how easier it is when you have those kinds of connections to just make the team. And they'll put you in, they'll fit you in wherever you can be. But Colin Kaepernick is no, undoubtedly, in my mind, much more talented than Tim Tebow is. Well, He's still not on the may, roster. Maybe as a quarterback, but... As a, tight end. <laughs> as a tight end, I don't think so. So, um, But, yeah, I don't know. It is interesting, though, because at this point, Max, it, it's almost as if the NFL has successfully blacklisted completely Kaepernick because now you can make a full, hearty, legitimate argument that he hasn't played football in six years. Why should we sign him? Right. So it's just it, it's, it's always been terrible, but... Uh, it is what it is, unfortunately. Nothing we can do about it. So, Max, I've been itching. I've been chomping at the bit ever since you texted me, even before you texted me. I want to talk draft, dude. I got to talk draft. I was having so much fun. I had a meeting during the draft, dude. It was awful. And I was just, like, doing my best multitasking of my life. Okay, talk, talk, talk. Check the draft. Talk, talk, talk. Check the draft. Talk, talk, talk. Check the draft. So much excitement. And day two was also super exciting. But, Max, let's stick with round one for now, Max. All right. Go ahead. Well, Max, from our, uh, you know, preseason mock draft or pre-draft mock draft, I would say we did uh, terrible. I think we got four picks correct in the entire first round. And that's given the first three. Sorry, which five. Was... Five, because we got the first say, yeah. four correct. First four. <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence to the Jags, Jets, uh, Wilson to the Jets, Lance to the Niners, and Pitts to the Falcons. Um, no surprises there in our eyes. That's exactly who we ca called, so we're not going to go in depth, Max. First one I would like to talk about is Bengals at five. They ended up taking Jamar Chase. We talked about it a lot. I had them going Sewell to protect Joe Burrow. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I we know why they made this pick. It's a teammate and a great wide receiver of Joe Burrow's but it's not the right pick and I'll stand by that and I think they'll be regretting it when Joe Burrow goes down with another ACL injury right so 
on that same frame of mind, I talked with some of my buddies right after they made the pick and they went, the Bengals are screwed, they screwed up, everything's terrible. Here's my thought and opinion. If they thought Sewell was going to bust or just be meh, and they had their eyes set on someone that they loved later in the draft, then the pick makes total sense to me because Jamar Chase is electric and we've seen what Burrow and Chase can do together on the field. They took a guard in the second round and then their next offensive line pick was late in the fourth. That to me doesn't scream we loved this other guy that we saw. What do you, uh, who's this other guy? The guy that's the guys that they drafted. But that's what I'm saying. I don't know if they. To me, Chase only made sense as their number five pick if there was another guy in the draft that they absolutely loved. They took Jackson Carmen, the guard from Clemson, in round two, and then their next tackle was Dante Smith from East Carolina in the fourth round. And that to me does not scream. We found another tackle in this draft that we love. Therefore, we can take Chase at five. I see. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think that they drafted well at all in that regard, but needless to say, Jamar Chase will be incredible with the Bengals. Right. Like, to me, if they had taken Chase first round and then second round they had taken, you know, Tevin Jenkins was still on the board because they liked him just as much, then it's amazing. You just killed the draft. But they didn't do that, and so I didn't really get that. Yeah. All right, Max. Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins. I had, in our mock draft, uh, you cho- or who chose it? You or me? Me. I chose Chase because you chose Sewell. Therefore, I chose Chase. Waddle seems like the logical next fit on the board. I, I love it for the Dolphins. Yeah, I agree. I personally like Devonta Smith more than Jalen Waddle. I haven't had the chance to fully uh, compare them and, and their fit with the Dolphins and why they made that pick. But, I mean, either one, you can't go wrong. It's undoubtedly the right pick. I could have seen them taking Sewell, but, I mean, they, they need playmakers more than anything. So I'd agree with that pick. Right. And then to finish the slide, Sewell gets, got drafted by the Lions at seven. I don't think there's any talk that needs to be said. It makes total sense. Um, Max, Panthers eight. I don't think we had even it had even crossed our mind that they take a cornerback here, but they took J.C. Horn who we kept taking as the second cornerback off the drawer, off the board. I want to hear your thoughts both on the 8 and 9 because then the second best quarterback, cornerback off the board and from Alabama, Patrick Sertain, got drafted by the Broncos. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is clearly they did their research and they interviewed these two guys uh, and looked at their highlights and everything and figured that they were pretty much the same. I can't imagine anybody seriously thinking that J.C. Horn is ahead of Pat Sertain. It's just a fit thing. J.C. Horn is 6'1", 205 pounds. Pat Sertain is 6'2", 208 pounds. They're pretty much the same. So for whatever reason, they thought that J.C. Horn is a better fit for their defense, and they liked how he played better. I don't think it's necessarily a talent pick, and if that's what they think, I mean, there's a reason that they went back-to-back picks. So they clearly like J.C. for a better reason. And for that idea, then, yeah, it's the right pick. And same with the Broncos. And what do you think? If they pass on Pat Sertain, that would be a terrible pick. So I'm glad that they took him right after. So you're happy both franchises drafted cornerbacks? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, they weren't who I thought they would go, but in my eyes, you can never go wrong taking a high-caliber cornerback. At that point, Max, the Cowboys, in my opinion, did a fabulous job. They said, crap, I really thought a cornerback was going to drop into my lap. Let's trade down. And they did that with an interdivision, uh, intradivision, yeah, uh, team in the Eagles, which is really interesting. Uh, and I think it worked out fabulously for both teams. Uh, the Eagles ended up getting Devonta Smith, an electric weapon for their offense, and the Cowboys got another linebacker, uh, some that people thought were the top defensive talent in the draft in Micah Parsons. Max, thoughts? Yeah, I think this was a great trade uh, for both teams. Devonta Smith to the Eagles, we've, I think we didn't have that, but like we knew that the Eagles needed a wide receiver, and Micah Parsons is an incredible pick. The fact that he was still there at 12 is a steal, in my opinion. I thought he was going to go top 10. Uh, but to me, the most important thing is in between those picks at 11, the Bears trade up and draft their quarterback of the future. A lot of people think that they got fleeced in that trade. Oh, really? Because I've seen a lot of other people that think it's the best pick of the draft. 
Um, it might be the best pick, but people are saying that they gave up too much for him. Mm. They did give up a lot. They absolutely gave up a lot. I believe they gave up three picks this year and a first next year as well. Um, and I don't think they received anything back. That's a steep price to play. But, Max, for a quarterback that at the beginning of the draft process was number two on almost every board with some crazy people saying number one, nobody's right about him being number one. It could 100% be worth it for a franchise that has never been able to get the quarterback that they need to take the hump. Wait, yeah, I that's mean, wrong. And get over the hump. Take the next step. <laughs> I got my metaphors down. Keep going. Everybody says that if this is really the franchise quarterback, he's an invaluable player to have. And the Bears do not have a quarterback other than Justin Fields on their roster that can be a franchise quarterback. There's no way in hell it's going to be Andy Dalton. So if they give up too much and he ends up being a bust, it'll go down as a terrible trade. If he ends up being the quarterback of their future, nobody will care. Right, exactly. Uh, The next two picks in the draft were both offensive linemen, Max. The Chargers had to be jumping with freaking joy when Rashawn Slater fell to them at 13 with them not having to give up anything. Yeah, it was the perfect draft for them. Some people even had Panay Sewell dropping to them. There's no way that that happens. Nah. So they got, they got their guy, and they didn't have to trade up. Yeah, and then I actually misspoke earlier. Uh, I did get this pick right, Elijah Vera Tucker at 14. I just had him going to the Vikings instead. Max, uh, let's review this trade for a second. We won't cover it then later when we keep going. Max, the Jets traded up to 14 to grab Elijah Vera Tucker. I don't get it because then the Vikings traded down, obviously, and swapped their pick and ended up with another top-rated offensive lineman in Christian Derisaw. So unless they are in love with this dude, I don't get it because the Vikings, to me, just walked away super freaking happy. Yeah, I mean, the only way that this could make sense is if the Jets thought, oh, both AVT and Derisaw will be gone by us. And there were a significant amount of picks and a significant amount of teams that could have taken them. But you should also look and see, maybe the Raiders would have taken them and instead they reached and took <laughs> Alex Leatherwood, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yep. But the only way that it makes sense is if they think this is the guy that we need to have on our team. I don't agree with that kind of strategy. So yeah, yeah I think the Vikings, it went perfectly for them with the Raiders taking Leatherwood. Exactly. Um, no, they did fabulous. Max, then the team that everyone thought was going to trade up to draft a quarterback stayed put and ended up with the guy a lot of people had them matching up with, Mac Jones, to the Patriots. We talked about it a lot, so I don't want to cover it, but fabulous job. Bill got to stay in place and get the quarterback that he hopes to groom behind Newton for a season to take the throne of the Patriots quarterback. Yep, agreed. It was the perfect draft outcome for the Patriots. All right, Max. Now we get to two of my least favorite picks in the draft. Max, I've told you and everyone on this podcast how much I love the Cardinals on this upcoming season. They're sitting here at 16 with their pick of basically the second half of the first round defensive talent. They get whoever they want. And they pick a guy that probably was going to slip into the second round in a position that they don't really need. I'm don't get it. I'm mad, I'm annoyed, although that the conversation, the phone call, if you've listened to it, is freaking awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they didn't need the position as they lost uh, Hassan Reddick and Marcus Golden isn't really an option anymore, and Chandler Jones was injured for the season last season. But I agree, it was a huge reach, especially when Jalen Phillips is still on the board. I would much rather them take Phillips and have him be opposite of uh, Chandler Jones, that would have been a killer duo. Yeah, so here's here's my problem with the pick, really. Uh, they signed, um, or they chose not to re-sign Hassan Reddick for either 6 or $8 million was it when he was one of the top two line inside linebackers in the NFL last season, and then decided to reach on a linebacker that seems like a project in most people's books at 16 instead of taking a cornerback, which is their biggest defensive need. That doesn't make sense to me. So I think the Cardinals did a fabulous job this offseason on the offensive side. I got a lot of questions for their front office on the back side. Agreed. And you see that there's Caleb Farley and Greg Newsom still on the board at this pick. If you don't like Caleb Farley, trade down and draft Greg Newsom. Or Greg, draft Greg like, Newsom. 
Right, or a draft. I think that would have been a bit of a reach at that point, but yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't get it, but I'm not going to dwindle any longer, Max. Uh, <laughs> the Raiders then drafted <laughs> an offensive lineman that a lot of people had going at the end of the second round, Max. It wouldn't be the Raiders if they didn't do something weird, right? Mayock and Gruden have gone crazy. They took Clellan Farrell fourth overall when no one saw them doing it, and then Damon Arnett last year when no one saw them doing it. So they're just following suit. Here's the problem, though, Max. The other two picks that were surprises have not panned out at all yet. Yeah, this one I can't imagine will either. He's a good guy. They could have gotten him in the second or third round and still had him and gotten somebody else, anybody else in the next however many 15 picks are all incredible players that the Raiders could have really used. So just a really questionable pick, especially when Darisaw is still on the board. Agreed. All right, Max, Jalen Phillips to the Dolphins at 18. Fabulous pick. Perfect pick. Perfect pick. They needed an edge rusher. This is exactly what they wanted. I got position right, but I chose the wrong player in our mock draft. I had them taking uh, Owe out of Penn State, I think, uh, instead, which was a mistake. But I got the position right. Uh, Max, Max, Jamin Davis to the Redskins, who, while we were drafting, Pro Football Focus hated this dude. They had him at, like, 45. But the football yeah. team took him at 19. And I think it's a great pick. He was severely underrated by Pro Football Focus. I don't know what they had against him. Agreed. But a lot of people had the Browns taking him, so he was taken before us. He's exactly what they need, a young linebacker to fill possibly the only hole that they have in this defense now. And it is going to be scary to watch the Washington football team play on defense this season. Agreed. Max, the New York Giants then took Kadarius Toney at 20. What do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I, was, I, didn't, I wasn't so high on him before, but after watching some videos and stuff, he is an incredible route runner, super fast as well. It's a great pick. I think you need to uh, surround Daniel Jones with everything that you can to have him have success at this especially point, because this defense is already very good at this point max if daniel jones doesn't succeed they're in the market for a quarterback next year because he has every piece he could need he's got saquon in the backfield he's got shepherd slayton and tony out wide and Ingram at tight end uh if he doesn't succeed this year it's outsies for daniel jones uh, moving on, we got Eddie yeah. Pay, the man out of Michigan, to the Colts. Great, uh, love the it. video of him and his mother is amazing. He told her that he's not gonna, she's not gonna have to work a day in her life anymore. Oh, I'm excited for amazing. this pick. I don't think he's gonna end up being the best edge. Uh, he was picked as the second best edge, and I don't even know if he's gonna be that high. But I think it was the right pick. Yeah, Max. I mean, the Colts needed an edge rusher, and Pay's the most raw talent I think that was left on the board. So if they let him learn. I think the potential's high. I like the pick. Yep. Uh, the next pick I also like a lot. The Titans needed a quarterback, cornerback desperately. And so they took the guy that, without a back issue, probably would have gone top 15. Um, so makes a ton of sense to me. I don't really feel like this needs to go in depth. Oh, wait, I think we got this one right, too. Oh, cool. Let's go. Uh, so we already talked a bit about uh, Christian Derrissaw to the Vikings. That's a great pick. They got to trade down and still get a great offensive lineman, which they could have also gotten at 14. So just a good trade there. Agreed. And then Najee Harris to the Steelers. What do you think? Uh, they could have picked somebody else. I understand why they picked Najee Harris. Everybody was saying that they would take Najee Harris. Yep. I don't think that it'll end up being the best pick. I mean, here, here's, here's my thing. Nobody behind that offensive line right now, exactly. especially after they lost Villanueva, is going to be successful. I bet you if Derisaw was still available, they would take him. But at that point, it would have been a reach to take any other offensive linemen. So. Yep, so I, I get it. And at the same time, it's like I'm scared for Najee Harris, got to be honest. And then a bit of a surprise pick. Yeah, Max, ETN. I do not like this. I do not like with it. with his college quarterback. I don't like it either. I think it's too... I didn't like the fact that Joe Burrow was going to be reunited with Jamar Chase, and I don't like this either. Well, let's it's take a too... second to talk about reuniting before you keep going. Joe Burrow with Chase. Tua and Waddle, I believe, played together. Hertz yep. and Smith, I believe, played together. And now Etienne and uh, Lawrence. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but... 
Yeah, everybody was surprised. James Robinson was an incredible running back last season. That's my problem. And he's a second-year player. Why do they need to he's get He's undrafted. They're probably paying him the league minimum. James Robinson exactly. is probably getting paid the league minimum. You just draft a guy to basically compete or take his job. And how many other holes does this team have? They went 1-15 last year. Yep. And you cannot tell me that that was entirely because of the quarterback play. Your one bright spot on offense, your one bright spot was your running back. And now you take a running back in the first round again? Why? Especially since they have the first pick in the second round. Yeah. But, I mean, it worked out perfectly for the Browns. We got an incredible cornerback. It's going to be such a great player to have on the team. Exactly what I want. Big, big steal. Max, right before the draft happened... I got a text from Max Feinling, who I've mentioned as a loyal listener. Thank you, Max. He said, Newsome to the Browns, question mark? And I went, there's no way he's still on the board, but I wish. And yep. look what happened. So happened. I'm thrilled. Max, the other pick we did get right, Rashad Bateman to the Ravens. Uh, I don't think we need to cover it because we got it right. Therefore, we covered it beforehand. No. Uh, the Saints reached, reached, reached. I was going to say, Turner. now we get to a few really interesting picks. Yeah, they. you see 30 and 31, Gregory Rousseau, and now Adafe Owe instead of uh, Jason Owe. Those players are, nobody's saying that they're worse than Peyton Turner. Nobody said that Peyton Turner is better than any of these top five edges. So why do they take him? I still have no idea. I'm completely lost on it. I. Everything I've seen is that he's eh as a prospect. So why'd they take him 28? Doesn't make sense to me. Max, then the nope. Packers, amidst all of this uh, turmoil and craziness with um, Aaron Rodgers, do not take a wide receiver. They don't take Elijah Moore, who's still on the board. They don't take Terrace Marshall Jr. They take Eric Stokes, the cornerback, out of Georgia, who isn't even, on most big boards, the best cornerback still available. No, yeah. It's a reach without the Aaron Rodgers situation it's a ter- it's not a good pick without the Aaron Rodgers situation and then you look at the fact that Aaron Rodgers is saying that he wants to leave and they don't help him at all why would he stay yeah i don't know all right max and then that to end the close out the first round and then i'd like to highlight just a few of the other picks i don't want to go through all of the rounds but yeah highlight just a few uh Rousseau to the Bills Owe to the Ravens and Tryon to the Bucks they all make Those sense are to all me. The perfect picks. Uh, yep, although there's sense. been more hesitation over the Bills pick than I would have uh, expected. He's so. a young and raw talent. They don't need him to be the best player on their team, so that's why it doesn't bother me. He's a massive guy, 6'7", 266. You give him a year to learn a little bit, I think he's going to be great for this defense. Yeah, and then I just, from that, this point on, I just want to cover a couple, just a couple, of the guys that slipped that uh, I'm surprised by. Um, number one is the Bill Belichick decided to go aggressively after Christian Barmore, who was still available at 38. He gave up a lot, but it seems like he's extremely happy. I mean, a lot of people had Barmore as like a top 20 talent, um, regardless of position in the draft. And the Patriots ended up with him at 38. You can't help but think... Uh, Bill is sitting there super happy with how this draft has played out so far. Yeah, this offseason, he's <laughs> well, done yeah. everything that he's never done in the past, and it's looking really good now. I hope it works out for him. Uh, Max, then 43, Trevon Morig, the safety, ends up at uh, with the Raiders at 43. Another guy that a lot of people had as top 20, top 25 talent in the draft, slipping way down. And then we're going to keep going to the other two. Um or the two or three, really. Asante Samuel Jr., Jr., who was regarded as second or third best cornerback in most big boards, all the way down to the Chargers at 47. Um, Aziz Ojolari, who a lot of people had as their, in their top five edge rushers, all the way down to 50 uh, with the Giants. And then, Max, my happiest moment of the entire draft, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa to the Brownies at 52 Max, in our mock draft, granted, we're not professionals. We had him at 17. Yeah. So yeah. there was, right before the draft, there was a, some news going around that he had a heart issue. 
and that is what scared people off. But the Browns trusted their health staff, and we knew that we had to trade up to get this guy. Josh, we gave up nothing. We gave if up anything, like a, we gained. I what did we give up? Like a fifth rounder, a third, and a fifth. Well, it was this year's third, and then was it this year's fifth or next year's fifth? Uh, I think it was this year's fifth as well. Yeah. So I mean, and then we got a fourth, or maybe it was next year's fifth, and then we got a fourth this year, and we got a fourth next year. Like I'm happy with that trade. I would say we, yeah, it's it's not nothing, but it's nothing significant, and it's for a guy that is. Again, a top 20 talent in a lot of places. Right. So, yeah. I mean, Max, do you have any other picks you want to head- highlight before we get moving? <laughs> uh, just some interesting quarterbacks. Kyle Trask, the possible Tom Brady. Heir apparent. Uh, next Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Davis Mills to the Texans. And then the Saints picked up Ian Book late. Yeah. So those three will be interesting to watch as the three outside of the top quarterbacks. Agreed. We could still have success. Yep. All right, Max. With All right, that, so with that. Oh, my God. You and I are on the exact <laughs> same wavelength. You go for it. Let's each give one winner and one loser from the 2021 NFL Draft. I'll go first. Josh, my winner, the Los Angeles Chargers. Not only did they boost their offensive line with a huge pick in the first round, but they got a great, great, great second-round cornerback in Asante Samuel Jr. They got some good a good wide receiver, some good defensive players, just overall a very, very good ideal draft for this team. Yup, Max, I'll fess up to the to the crowd. Um, I also was gonna pick the Chargers as my winner of the draft, but we didn't want to have the same team, so instead I'll put my second place team. I almost went with the Browns, but I felt like that would be too biased, so I didn't, even though I think that there's a real argument that they should be there, Max. Instead, I'm going to give you the Miami Dolphins, and here's why. What did they need when they came into this draft? Weapons for Tua and some defensive help and some offensive help. What did they do in the first round? Jalen Waddell, amazing, highly tatted prospect. Jalen Phillips, great edge rusher. And then they got a talented safety in Javon Holland, Two offensive tackles, including Liam Eichenberg in the second round. And then another tight end. Thrilled. Love it. Very happy. The Dolphins did great. Agreed. My big loser from the draft, Josh, they only had five draft picks. Their first one coming in the third round. And they are not a good team outside of the draft. And this draft does not really make them any better. The Houston Texans going Davis Mills, Nico Collins, Revan Jordan, Garrett Waldo, and Roy Lopez. Just a really, really disappointing draft. And Agreed. they just had nothing going for them. And they, they traded gave up, up to get Nico stuff Collins. for Nico Collins. Exactly. Who's, we watched. He's good, but I don't know if he's trade-up good. Especially when you have so many holes. You need as many picks as you can get. Exactly. Totally agree, Max. My uh, loser of the draft is none other than the Las Vegas Raiders, dude. I still do not understand what they were going to do. Why did they take a second-round talent in the first round? They did get super lucky and had Trevon Morig slide to them at, in the second round, but nothing else in their draft is exciting to me. Agreed. There is actually a quarterback that I missed I forgot to mention. Kellen Mond to the Vikings. I like that pick a lot, too. I do, too. Good, good for him to learn behind Kirk. Captain Agreed. Kirk. So it would be interesting. Uh, we should do some rookie award predictions coming up before the season starts, uh, and then also this division by division outlook that we've been hyping up we can get into that josh there's eight divisions i don't know how many weeks until the season starts but i think it's more than eight but maybe we do that as an eight week preparation so official countdown so so down for that max with that let's move off of the nfl max it's time to go into believe the hyper psych max hit me with one josh believe the hyper psych the Lakers are no longer repeat title contenders. Oh, Max, this question is completely contingent on whether or not LeBron James is healthy because if he is playing, I believe that they are contenders because playoff LeBron is something else. You saw in the 2018 finals, he played with a broken hand and put up over 35 points a game, I believe. So, Max, if LeBron James is on the court, psych. If LeBron James is not able to play in the playoffs, then I believe the hype. All right. I Yeah. Even if he comes back and plays, 
he said it himself, this injury has hit him unlike any other injury. He is not playing at 100% this season. I don't think he's going to play at 100% the rest of his career, which is a terrifying thought. So even with that, I and the strength of the West, I'm going to go psych. I'm betting against LeBron in the playoffs. Wow. Not something I would have ever thought you'd do, Max. I will stick with you in the NBA, Max. Believe the hyper psych. Other than Kevin Durant's rings that he has acquired so far with the Warriors, none of the Oklahoma City Big Three will ever win another ring. Or a ring. That being KD, Russell, and Harden. Harden. Yep. Ooh, boy. Um, I'll go with Believe the Hype. I don't think they're going to be able to do it this year just because of all the injury concerns, and I can't imagine they'll be able to do it next year. It just seems too good to be true to have this big three and the rest of the Nets team continue to be this successful. Lots of contract details, lots of conflicting interests with these players who are finding success this year. Why not try to be with a worse team and lead them? So, no, believe, uh, believe the hype. They will not. Agreed, Max. Uh, not going to go into it. I agree. Josh, believe the hype or psych. Deshaun Watson, a man who has been out of the news surprisingly for the past couple of weeks, has played his last game in Houston. Oh, goodness. You know, prior to the sexual, allegation, sexual assault allegations, I would have said believe the hype. But now, Max, I'm going to say psych, Max. The team that was most suited to take him on, out of the picture. Both of them out of the picture, in my, in my opinion, the Bears and the Jets. At this point, where's Watson going to go other than the Texans to me? I don't see it as much, especially with all of the nonsense around him. The Texans right now, if you take away Watson, are so miserable already. What's going to make it worse if you have a quarterback that's facing you know, 27 or 21 assault, assault allegations against him? So, Max, I'm going to say psych. I think if he plays another game, it will first be in a Texans uniform. Yeah, I agree with you there. The only teams that Aaron Rodgers is in contention with are the Raiders and the Broncos. And I don't see either of those young teams being willing to take on the craziness that's surrounding Deshaun Watson right now. Maybe the Raiders. They're the only one I would even think about it with. But I just don't think so. Max. Believe the hyper-psych. Aaron Rodgers will not be a Packer at the start of the season. Oof. Yeah, that's right. Loaded question. Believe the hype. I'm a bigger fan of him retiring than him being traded. Agreed. Okay. He might be a Packer. He's not going to play for the Packers at the start of the season. Okay. He might still be on their roster, but he will not be playing. Okay. I think Jordan Love will be starting week one, which is a terrible thought. Because they are so talented. Devontae Adams deserves so much more than Jordan Love as his quarterback. Hey, Jordan Love is going to shock the world. No, I'm just kidding. I I, uh, I don't know enough. Um, Max, I, uh, I'm going to say psych, Max. I think he will be a Packer, and I think he will play. I think this is going to fade away. The Packers are going to find some way to make it right. They're a classy fan- franchise. They always have been. Um, I think they're going to figure out a way to make amends to him. I will say I 100% agree. I think it is more likely that he retires than he gets traded. Yeah, and if you look at his career, you'd much rather see him retire. I don't like when quarterbacks go to other teams at their end of their career. Tom Brady is a different notion because he actually won with them, but most quarterbacks don't actually have success with the second team that they go to. So I'd love to see him retire, become the full-time Jeopardy host, big fan of that idea yeah also also he'd still make a lot of money so good for him oh yes lots of money believe the hyper psych after the dolphins draft they are now serious afc east contenders believe the hype 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 max i am so high on the dolphins and you know this dude i love this team i love brian flores they're gonna be the top one or two defense in the league again Tua looks primed, in my opinion, for a, a successful sophomore break, breakout season. He's got everything he needs. Flores is a great coach. The only thing I would have liked for, to see them do is grab a running back. But with Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, Mike Isicki, Tua Tagovailoa, and a strong offensive line, well, above average offensive line, and a top one or two defense, Max, I think they are absolutely 
in the conversation. Yeah, I'm definitely not as high on them. I don't believe that Tua is going to be able to lead them to beat the Bills, but they will be second place, in my opinion. So, psych. What happened <laughs> to the Chiefs? What? I thought you said AFC contenders. AFC East. Ah, that makes more sense. Okay. You I'm... think? Oh, you think they're going to be the best team in the AFC? No, no, not best, just contenders. Okay. No, I, no, I think they'll be a wild card team at best. Okay, well, yeah, if you don't think they're going to win the division, then that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. Max, believe the hype or psych. So, blah, blah, blah. Believe the hype or psych. At season start, three quarterbacks from this draft class will be starting. Let's see. Trevor Lawrence will be. Zach Wilson will be. And will Trey Lance be? No. Basically, psych. I'm saying will Lance, Fields, or Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fields will. Yes, at so the three, st- believe the hype. At the start of the season? Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. There's no way that Andy Dalton starts and he said That is unbelievably confident. I'm amazed. Yeah, no, I have very little doubt in my mind that uh, barring injury or a terrible preseason performance, which I don't expect, Justin Fields should be the week one starter. Wow. I'm going to say psych, Max. I don't think so. I think they're going to basically pull a Herbert this year. And they're going to come out and say, you're learning. And then Andy Dalton's going to play two games or three games. And then for whatever reason, maybe he plays badly. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's just like the Dolphins. And they're just like, psych. And then Fields is going to go out and play. All right. So at season start, Max, I see two quarterbacks starting. Uh, It'll be interesting. But that's that's what I got going on. (laughs) All right. Let's head into factor crap then. Josh, factor crap in an Olympic qualifying hockey match. The national team of Slovakia beat Bulgaria 50-30 to 30 for a combined score of 80 points in hockey. This is the highest combined scoring game in hockey. Hold up. 50-30 to 30 in hockey? In three-period hockey game, yep. Um, fact. That is crap. It was 82 to 0, Slovakia won. Josh, that is one goal every 44 seconds. In the whole tournament, I believe Bulgaria left let up 180 some goals. That's uh, awful. They are a JV team. Wow. Okay, I'm in shock. <laughs> uh, give me a minute to recover before I hit you with my fact crap. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, I'm back. Max, fact or crap? Even if you took away Wayne Gretzky's 900-ish career goals, he would still be the NHL's all-time points leader based on assists alone. In fact, haven't you said this one already? No, I think I, I feel like there's been a similar one with Wayne There was Gretzky. another Wayne Gretzky, but it wasn't the same one. Okay. I fact. think. Okay, well, it is a fact, so good job. <laughs> <sighs> Well, here's the fun. I might just say that as a crap, but I wrote it down wrong, so. Uh, okay, Josh, factor crap. The first game of basketball in 1892, I believe it was, had a final score of 1-0. to zero. Wait, I need a repeat on that. The first game of basketball, when it was created in 1892 or 1891 sometime then, that's not the important part, had a final score of 1-0. to zero. Fact, because it was a gym that- class, and that's how they killed the period that is a fact i don't know if that's the actual <laughs> well, reason for i don't know was. i don't know i, I know that it was in a gym class but yes that is true yeah all right max <sighs> max fact or crap whoa, whoa 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 try that again fact or crap dustin johnson has spent the third most time as the number one golfer in the world he would have to be the number one golfer every week for the next five years just to tie Tiger Woods. Ooh. Every week for the next five years? Yep. I'll go with crap with the idea that it's 20 years. Fact, or crap, it's 10 years. Oh, okay, that was my next guess. Yeah, Dustin Johnson, third most time as the number one golfer, needs 10 more years Every week to tie Tiger Woods. And actually, it's a little more than 10 years. 
Um, I don't remember when I pulled the fact, but it said November 30th, 2031. That's crazy. That is 10 years, Josh. Well, but <laughs> there's like 10 years and like six months, so 10 and a half. Ah, I see. All right, Josh, my final factor crap for the week. Factor crap. After a fair catch, an NFL team can take a free kick from the line of scrimmage on the next play for three points. Fact? That is a fact. Okay. Wait, that's it? Yeah. Yeah? Like, that's that's a special rule. But Can't you like, kick a okay, field goal so, at any time? Yeah, I. but, okay, so listen to the, I guess I didn't explain it correctly. A free kick, field goal, there is no snap, no snap, the defense must stand at least 10 yards from the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked. The kicking team may not use a tee, so it's got to be placed or drop kicked. And even if time expired on the preceding play, the fair catching team may still attempt the kick. Okay, wow. I never So even special knew that. free kick rules. That was probably not good for factor crap, but a cool thing that doesn't really happen ever. That is super cool. Uh, wow. Okay. Amazing. Max, fact or crap? Serena Williams has defeated 22 of 27 number one ranked women in tennis. Um, over her career, 20. So there have been 27 number one ranked women I think in it's, her career. I okay. Now, now I'm scared. I think it's all time. <laughs> all all time. No, that can't be true. Yeah, it, it's got to be in her career. Well, it's not. So, crap? No, that's fact. But now I'm going to have to do some research to clarify it. I don't know. But that would be... Here's here's the thing. This is what I read. Serena Williams has defeated 22 of 27 number one ranked women in tennis. But do you want to hear the crazy part of that, Max? What's that? The five that she hasn't beaten, four of them retired before she turned pro, and the fifth is Serena Williams. Let's see. So... Chris Evert, Yvonne Gulagong Kali, so that's Martina Navratilova. Three. Those are all, and Tracy Austin, and then, yeah, no, there have been more than five. Oh, but she might have beaten them. Interesting. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, so there have wow. been apparently 27 number one ranked women in tennis, I believe, ever is what it's saying. Yes, 27. She's defeated 22 of them. The five she didn't beat, one of them was herself, and the other four retired before she turned pro. Otherwise known as, since she turned pro, she has beaten every single number one ranked woman in tennis other than herself. That's insane. Talk about dominant. Wow, that's cool. I like that one. That's a good one. Thanks. I told you I had some good ones lined up. (laughs) I'm just bad at talking. Well, I'm glad that we got to go over the drafts. It's too bad that it's a little bit removed because of my sickness. You but silly boy. Some very exciting stuff in the NFL. This is now, unfortunately, when it gets boring. But we are starting to see these rookie quarterbacks play in their team's jerseys, which is insane. Lots of videos of Zach Wilson throwing in a Jets jersey are going around. So a lot of hype are, is going to be going around that. you got to love the Browns draft and what they did. There are some picks that are necessarily what I would do, hence the uh, Anthony Schwartz pick, but mm. with some coaching. <laughs> What's your problem with the incredible. Schwartz pick? Uh-oh, I'm going to cough. <coughs> He's not uh, very developed, which I guess is fine for a wide receiver. I would much rather have taken an edge rusher, though. Yeah, but he's also our fifth, right? I mean, that's kind of the point. He's, got, he's our fifth. No, he's a third round. No, receiver. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying that I would have rather taken an edge in that third position. Fair enough. Promise that dude is blazingly fast. I know, and that's the Browns really want a lot of speed now. So, I mean, I at this point I trust Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. They have their plan. They clearly think that we didn't need an edge rusher in this draft. I'm just a little worried that that will become a weakness instead of a strength. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. It's going to be entirely health dependent. I think, right? It's Tack McKinley, Clowney, and uh, Garrett, and after that, it's really shallow. So exactly. if, especially if Clowney isn't healthy, then we could see a little bit of a problem. So I could see us picking up some kind of veteran or making a midseason acquisition for some fresh legs. Excuse me. Yep, 
completely agree. Well, it happened. It was a lot of hype. The draft is over. It's a couple of weeks removed now, and nothing crazy is coming out about any of the prospects, so that is good news. And we are heading into the long, long hours of sportsless summers. We're approaching it, Josh, but we got exciting times in the NBA heading up. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs next week, make some predictions, give a little preview, get excited about that. For sure, Max. It's going to be a blast. Until then, Max, this has been the Factory of Sadness podcast. Thank you for listening.